What up, folks? Hope everybody is doing well. Um, this is the Progression Project Podcast. I am your host, Eric Anthonson. Thank you guys for tuning in. Appreciate it. Coming at you right now from about six weeks of lockdown. Six weeks out of the water for me. It's pretty much my longest stretch that I've ever done, um, or at least approaching it since I was probably 18 years old, be my guess, 19 years old, something like that. Um, but we're getting through it, and it's for the for the greater good. So I'm stoked on that, and I'm looking forward to a jubilant return to foiling. I think this has been really good for future gratitude and being able to be in the water and, and all of that. And, and it's pretty easy to do when you think about your folks or someone that you have close to you that, you know, might be a little bit more susceptible to this whole coronavirus thing. So it's not hard to do, but, uh, at the same time, I wish I was in the water every day. And I'm really jealous of all you guys in Hawaii and some of the places where you're still allowed to surf and seeing the photos and the videos like good on you. Get one for me, please. Uh, stoked on today's show. Today's show is with Sky Rama. Uh, a lot of requests to get Sky on the show, and I understand why now, having the chance to have uh, hung out there for an hour. This was recorded about five days ago. Today is Friday. Good Friday, actually. Um, so yeah, good show with Sky. It's cool because Sky and I are similar sizes, so there's a one-to-one correlation between what he's feeling, what I'm feeling, and so it's cool to see in some of the places where. He likes different size gear than I do. We talk about a little bit of why that could be, you know, a difference in swell energy, you know, Bali, Maui versus Florida. So that's a big deal. Uh, He also shapes boards. His boards look insane. If you guys don't follow Sky, give him a follow on on Instagram. He's got two accounts, his surf account, Sky.Rama, I believe. And then he's got one Sky Rama art for um, some of the, check out, you know, the, the, the photo for his podcast, it's one of his designs, insane stuff. And you can tell that he's got a good eye for design. His boards look insane. And what he's saying makes a lot of sense. So I think that folks out there are going to enjoy, especially as far as foil placement goes, the type of feel that he likes, um, a lot of nuggets in there. So, all right. I hope everybody's doing well. Hit me up. Let me know how you guys are getting through quarantine, where you're at and what you're doing. I've got a lot of time on my hands, so we <laughs> could just hang out online a little bit. Um, if you have suggestions of guests for the podcast or suggestions on other fun podcasts to do, not necessarily around foiling, I'd love to uh, to stay occupied doing rad stuff. I think we've got another month or two of this. So, uh, so let me know. All right, you guys, be safe, have fun, hug your family, and enjoy this conversation with Sky about all the things we love in foiling. Later. Sky, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, epic. Uh, I was just diving through your Instagram. It seems like this is going to be a fun conversation because you and I are probably similar size, which is a little bit bigger than the average foiler. How, how, how big are you? Uh, on a good day, I'm probably six foot three. On a 
pretty bad day, six foot two. So yeah, <laughs> what, around there. What do you weigh? And I'm coming in at about one ninety as far as pounds go. Okay, yeah. So I'm about a six one, a buck ninety five. So we'll have a lot of commonality in what we're riding, which will be different from most of the guys that I've interviewed who are, are a good bit lighter. So that'll right. be uh, that'll be cool. Why don't you uh, give like a quick synopsis on on who you are, your story, and then we can dive into all sorts of fun coiling stuff. Okay, sounds good. Um, let's see. I pretty much grew up in Maui my whole life. Actually, I was born and raised here. Spent a little time in Colorado and various places, but I'm an island boy. And yeah, just enjoying the lifestyle of living in Maui. And my mom was uh, came out here when she was 18 and, and uh, had me had me out here. She, uh, I was almost born on an airplane, and that's how I kind of got my name. So, <laughs> that's awesome yeah and uh she didn't know what to name me when i came out so she waited and sky came to become my name yeah epic so you're on maui now but i see I'm on some... maui. yeah so i've been living in bali for about 18 years and i just came back to maui because you know it's gotten a little bit crowded and it's not the same bali that it used to be it's still great you know it's still a good place and lovely it's uh it's amazing the people and you know the food and everything um yeah i just kind of got burned out now i'm back in maui i'm loving the uh the aloha here loving to see all my friends again getting out in the water you know it's just uh and now this foiling thing is coming along and so maui's become a really great place to foil now because of the fact that you know waves are usually small especially on the west maui as you know we're blocked by all these islands so i like that yeah so it's, a, it's a good foil heaven right on it looks like you kite a lot too huh yeah, I kite surf quite a bit. I come from pretty much all kinds of water sports, from skimboarding back in the day, from, uh, you know, good shore break, bodyboarding, skimboarding, I mean, kiting, uh, love it all. <laughs> you know, that's an interesting commonality that a lot of us share um, uh, in foiling now is that we were all open, or a good bit of, a, of us were open-minded to other water sports um, before foiling. So not a lot of people that were just strict short borders that then have dove into to the foiling. Why do you think that is? I think we like um, alternatives and evolution. We want to escape the crowds. We want to grow as a as a person in general. And I feel if we stick to just one thing, we get stuck. And uh, I, I don't know. I just for me personally, I I understand people wanting to perfect the one thing that they do to the fullest T, you know. And so there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you know I love a new challenge. I love the water in general. So for me, you know, that's, it's a no brainer, you know, and, and coming from Maui, we all love the water here so much. So we always, anything new, that's exciting. I never got into stand up paddling and I'm not saying that's not exciting, but um, pretty much just about everything else. I've, I've, I love to dabble in because do, yeah. Do you think though, that being more multidisciplined has held you back in sports or do you think it helps you? Well, when I review some of my clips with my solo shot, I realize I see skimboarding in it. I see kite surfing in it. And uh, some people have mentioned that and said, Oh, wow. You see different lines because of these multiple sports that you do. So again, you become more of a well-rounded person. I think by, by doing multiple, uh, you know, disciplines and water sports. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I think that, for most folks, unless you are of a 
kind of a legendary status within your your sport, I think it, I think dif- diversification might actually be a better path because I think that you are able to bring in like the the breadth of knowledge, uh, and it helps. I think it helps all the sports. I know that it, my shortboarding is better now from foiling and stand up and skating and all of that, um, which I think is interesting. You know, like it helps you break through those plateaus. I think. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, so what are you riding? What do you want? What kind of stuff do you like? So I, uh, I'll give you a little history. So about two years ago, I guess it was about yeah, a year and eight months, I was in Bali and it was very hard to get a foil in because we have such um, stringent uh, custom rules. So we pay huge taxes. So I decided, okay, what can I get? That I might be able to get through the, you know, through the window. And you know, at the time, Alibaba was pretty famous. And I said, and then I started studying all the photos. I said, wow, that one looks okay. And then I noticed it looked kind of like maybe a slingshot. And I said, all right, let's try that one. And yeah, it, it was pretty successful. I got on it and um, got in, got it through, no tax. I was like, I've never seen this yet, so it was a good, it's a good thing. Got on it, and um, I didn't like the weight. I knew that right away. But you know, I'm just beginning, so it's, you know, it's fine. And it uh, weight didn't too heavy. Yeah, meaning too heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, I love um, I love Tony Logos's uh, designs. His wing designs are, are are killer. You know, like he was a, he's a definitely ahead of his time for for sure in the in the different um, wing aspects. I really like those designs. I was just, I got that on the H four wing, and that thing just I couldn't believe how you could just go rail to rail and, and it just turned uh, amazing. So I was hooked. And then um, Axis came along, but I didn't get that until I got back to Maui. So pretty much in Bali and then into Maui, I was on this uh, cheap Chinese foil because, you know, I didn't really have much of a choice at the time. And there wasn't much out there besides Nash and Slingshot and a couple other brands. Go foil, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what are you riding these days? So these days I'm riding, um, well, I do my own custom shapes for, for boards and some friends down in Bali and and I've done a few here in Maui. Uh, Skyrama Customs, actually, you'll probably some people know and see my my logo. I don't really do it as a business, like pumping them out, but you know, people ask me. I guess sometimes I uh, I do it for friends and whatnot. Um, and what I'm writing is Armstrong foils at this moment. It's uh, uh, you know Armstrong takes good care of me, and they just have pretty good uh, pretty good setup. The, recently, the 1050. Uh, you know, which has been in my uh, latest last few videos has been uh, a game changer for, for the Armstrong setup. Uh, definitely. Um, I know you've heard this probably in the past, but I haven't seen any foil company come close to the build quality that Armstrong does, does give as far as like, you know, just the way it's just built is, is amazing. It's like something out of a Batman movie. It's, yeah. Uh, it's pretty wild the way it all puts together. I feel like, you know, like, wow, this thing's a weapon. Like, you know, it's pretty crazy. Uh, but I've tried pretty much every foil, almost not quite. But you know, I've done the the signature series, and I've done, you know, some of the Go foils. I've liked the GL one eighty; it's been pretty nice. And, uh, yeah, yeah. The um, what do you if you were to to describe the ride? I don't have I don't have a lot of experience on the Armstrong stuff. I've ridden a lot of foils, but no one in my circle has the Armstrong, and I and I haven't um, bought any of them. How would you describe the feel? of those if you've ridden a lot of other foils compare it maybe to the go foil or maybe to the signature type stuff i would say it's a very direct feel uh, he really did well in like stiffening you know the, the the connections and and i just say it's yeah really direct feel so less flex than the signature stuff 
Yeah, which I always thought, you know, like I'll get into this later about the MFC and how I love the flex on that and, and how I got also the new mass on, on it. But uh, I, I really like the direct feel you get from the Armstrong. And then recently with the new rear um, stab that came out, the 232, I chopped down to the 215 and that uh-huh. game changer. For sure, you get more yaw, you get more surfy feel. That's been great. And it still pumps amazing. So, yeah, it just it just comes down to, like, you know, what your preference is. And uh, But the, the new 1050 wing is, um, yeah, it's, it's killer. How, how big is that 1050? What are you riding on the MFC? Like, you and I have both ridden that a lot. So we'll have some commonality there. So on the MFC, I was uh, on the 1070. Um, you know, I, I tried Adam Bennett's in Bali. And we wrote, I wrote it. I was like, wow, okay, this, this is kind of interesting. And at the time, I think I was on the 12, was I on the 1200? I think I was on the 1200. Yeah, I was on the 1200 Armstrong at the uh-huh. time. So the embassy was a little bit more thinner. And, you know, if you don't know anything about me, people know that I like fast wings. I like highly efficient. Yeah. I don't like sluggish. I just like, you know, the fastest thing I can find because I'll find ways to slow down. But, uh, you know, I need, I need speed. I need that, that efficiency. I don't, you know, it's an old saying, no one, um, Nobody likes to be a drag, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that 1075 MFC would probably be a little difficult for you to pump, I would assume. That's a pretty small wing. I ride the 1250 and the 1400 in that. Um, but then again, I'm in Florida where we have, you know, eight 10 second period swell, which is a lot different than Bali or or even, you know, Maui. And that's a good point. Wave conditions, you know, that's a, that's that's huge. And there's another topic. People don't realize a lot of times, unless they're, you know, they're, they're getting their, you know, their pump game on and whatnot, but there's all, just like an airplane has headwinds, under the ocean also has undercurrents. And people go, oh, my pump isn't so good today. And I say, you know, my pump isn't so good today. So maybe there's something else going on, you know, like maybe we're not just waking up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe <laughs> the conditions aren't right, you know? So people got to realize that there's so many variables happening. So many. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I, I spent a lot of time, I lived in Costa Rica for 11 years and still go down there on a lot of trips or before the world melted down here. Um, <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, we'll get into that a little bit too. But, you know, the difference in a 15 second, 16 second period, you know, three feet, 15 seconds and, you know, a four foot, eight second. I mean, it is an exponent. And li- I mean, it literally is exponential, right? Like wave energy is exponential as it, you know, it's a log scale as it goes up. So, but it's just amazing how much more like the gear that I like in Costa Rica, I like had this like amazing two week trip not too long ago and then came back and I was so dialed in and so pumped and then nothing worked in Florida. And it was, there was this big letdown. I had to go back to all the other stuff. I was, I mean, it makes sense. Right. But like that difference in swell energy is so important on a foil. It's like you get to tap into it at such a deeper level that that speed, especially for someone who's like, you know, like I'm always trying to ride the smallest stuff I can. Um, that's a big difference. Do you ever get into smaller, like, uh, you know, downwind type stuff where you're, you're riding like wind bumps? What kind of gear are you on there if you do it? Yeah. I've, uh, sometimes I get these uh, wind swells where I'm lucky enough just to paddle out, catch a wave and run this whole beach. And, um, and of course I get off where, where I want to. Right. And what I ride usually with that is, yeah, usually bigger wings so I can just kind of glide. I've done smaller wings as well. And they, they, they can work depending on how big the, uh, the swell periods are as, you know, the wind, you know, bringing up the swell. So, but most of the time, like I would go out on my Armstrong 1550 for that. And that's not really a downwind wing, but it's big enough to, you know, to make it work. So for sure it works for me. Yeah. 
And, uh, but yeah, pretty much bigger wings. I've done it on the GL 180. I borrowed um, wings from like Brian Lee, who's been nice enough to uh, let me try stuff. And um, Howlbound12 on, on Instagram is one of the best sup riders on Maui and, and pretty much in the world. Yeah. So, you know, all these guys, uh, you know, they, we all share, you know, gear and, you know, have, have fun with it. So you spend much time on the, I mean, the 180 is a, a fairly high aspect wing, right? Um, is yeah, that the, absolutely. is that the high aspect wing that you're normally riding if you're on a high aspect wing? When, when I do have it, you know, I give it back every, every month usually. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay, I guess it's time to give it back. But uh, a lot of times, but you know, I got on it recently and I'm like, man, I'm thinking I'm liking something that turns, you know, cause uh, it's, you got to telegraph the turn. I don't really like wings where you got to call in the order and go, okay, I'm going to turn. Right. You know, and, yeah. And it's like three minutes later, it's like starting to turn. So, but you know, once you get it wired and you know, like anything, you got to get used to it. Right. But, but I'm a high speed, you know, fast paced kind of, you know, I like that kind of riding of, you know, that's, that's my go-to, but there's days I like to cruise when it's small or downwinding or, you know, when the conditions are right for it. Um, and looking through your Instagram page, I'm not seeing a lot of like larger tow type stuff. What do you, do you like to tow or do you like foiling and bigger surf? I have towed. Uh, but I find that, you know, just the energy that it takes to do it. That's why I'm, I'm going to probably get into winging soon. Once the waves go flat and the wind picks up and, and this stuff blows over and the parks open up where it's easier access. Not that we can't surf here, but yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I'd like to get into that because, uh, I'm no stranger to, uh, you know, decent sized surf for sure. Living here and growing up here and, and riding right. Bali. So I'm ready for that for sure. Yeah. Um, it's not something that sounds like you're, that, that you're seeking out. It's like, you've been foiling for a long time and yeah. And I kind of agree with this too. I don't know if the differential between in surfing, there's definitely as, as you get into bigger surf, I find that up to a point, I mean, it, it's, it gets way more fun because you can express yourself a lot more, but in foiling, you don't necessarily need that extra power. Do you think that there's a correlation between fun factor and, and surf size for you for foiling? Absolutely. Like smaller waves, you can definitely um, tickle the lip, so to speak, a lot better. You know, you can, you can have fun with it and, and play with it where, you know, you're going at these high speeds and then you're riding these big mountains. It's a whole different discipline. You know, hats off to Laird and everyone who does that. And it's amazing. You know, just it's like you're bombing this huge downhill that never ends and you're going at such high speed. So um, I don't have much experience in that. That would be uh, something I would uh, definitely do coming up in the future. For sure. If I have the, you know, tall enough mass or somebody hands me the, the gear, I'm going to go out and do it for sure. You know, just to do it. But for me, I kind of like, like you said, I like the, you know, I like having vertical sections. I like drawing my lines. I like painting the canvas. And when I paint the canvas, I like to have a little bit of vertical in it. You know, so something I could kind of get a little crazy with. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah, what I like to do. But you do any strap riding? Uh, yeah, not really. Strap is, uh, even when I, when I first started kite surfing, I, I strapped and then, you know, there's like these sites lose the straps. I always felt that, you know, being more purist, you know, I like being a purist more so, and there's nothing wrong with straps. I mean, some of the stuff that the boys are doing with straps on the, on the foil are amazing. And I thought if I put those on, man, I, you know, I could be doing that too. And, and it's still coming across as I, I must try. So it might happen. I haven't put any, uh, on my boards yet, as you can probably see. But yeah, that's uh, that's something I'd like to try out for sure. Cause they're, you know, like I said, the boys are doing crazy stuff with straps. Uh, but yeah. you know, I like to be pure. 
and uh, you know, in, in kite surfing, it's not uh, it's not really uh, you know cool. <laughs> That's kite surfing, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, this is one of the first podcasts I've done since everything is pretty much locked down. I know I'm on the East coast right now in an area that's fully locked down. Not, not even supposed to leave your house. Basically how's Hawaii handling everything right now with, with the whole COVID situation. So that's funny. You should mention that I was on the beach yesterday and the police came by and they said, keep it moving. I was with my friend, uh, Danny boy. And yeah, we're just like, keep it moving. And okay. We'll get in the water. I saw him coming, so I already just picked up my foil board and I looked back and he was giving Danny Boy crap. I could see and he was being cool, but just like, okay, you guys can't have you know anything out here. You gotta just be getting on the water. And I was like, okay. So yeah, but other than that, you know, it's a really nice to have the streets open. That the fact that they understand you can't take away the soul of Hawaii, which is our surfing. We're yeah. not hurting nobody, we're not spreading the disease, we're all staying apart. So it makes sense. The salt water kills viruses, bacteria. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all know that common stuff. So so we've been very fortunate because I, I see people, um, you know, messaging me. Oh, you're so lucky. We're on lockdown. We can't even, you know, go out into the ocean. And I, and I see that it's pretty much for most of the world. So Hawaii's been fortunate for that, that, you know, that they haven't stolen the last bit of what we have, you know, yeah. this whole, this whole fear. This, you know, you know um, where I used to live in Costa Rica, it's on full lockdown now. And, you know, police are arresting people and you go out to go surf. It's so ironic, man. You go out to go surf and then they'll arrest you and and a couple of people have been taken to like the jail in santa cruz which is the last place you'd want to go if you didn't want to be around people so it's so counter i don't know it's a crazy situation i also don't think that if they said you shouldn't be surfing people should be surfing i think you should respect the laws especially if you know you're a, an expat living down there or something but um yeah that's just a gnarly situation to, to be locked away from what you love. I've been out of the water for a long time right now. It's even hard to do these podcasts right now just because everybody's stoked and I'm just sitting around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be tough, huh? You know? Yeah, it's, man. It's tough. I almost feel bad sometimes, you know, I'm posting another clip because for some people around the world, maybe they're living vicariously through me on that. I have no idea. Or maybe there's some haters. Who knows? But anyway, at the end of the day, yeah, you know, we just yeah. do what we got to do, and and we're having fun, you know, and and we just hope this all blows over soon. And for the people that are affected by this, I mean, you know, from from all levels, from people being sick to not making a dime to people going bankrupt. I mean, this is gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, we just got to ride it out, and uh, hopefully, we'll see the end of the light soon. Yeah, it's, I mean, I bet the lineups are less crowded right now. We got to look at some sort of silver lining, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I love, the, like I said, the streets and, and the shopping. It's kind of eerie in a way, but, you know, it's it's, it's great. Yeah. And, uh, other ways, as far as like, you know, oh, wow, we finally get the island to enjoy what it might have been 50 years ago. Right. It's like <laughs> going know? back in time. Yeah. So I'm enjoying the time capsule for sure. So there's some <laughs> benefits to it. There's no doubt about it. But, We're about yeah. an hour outside of New York right now where I'm at and outside of New York City. And I kind of have this like strange desire to go want to drive through New York while there's nobody, you know, that scene in the devil's advocate when, yeah. uh, when he walks down the street and there's nobody on that street. I bet it's like that right now. It'd be so wild. Uh, you know what? Why not become the devil's advocate just for an hour? Go, go do that. Go do that. drive. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds great. Just, just experience it. Like you said, the feel that to bring that in, you know, 
I know it'd be kind of wild. And we might do it. We'll see. As long um, as you don't get arrested. As long as you don't get arrested. Yeah, exactly. You have to deal with anybody. Um, let's talk about your boards, man. I love hearing about the ideas. You know, I shape. I love shaping. Um, I, you know, like when you look at foiling and the design requirements for a good foil board, what do you see? What I see is something that's going to be same like a wing, very efficient. You got big blocky rails. You know, you're going to start to feel that. You know, a lot of people think, okay, once I'm in the air, it doesn't matter. We all know, especially the guys who have been foiling for a while, it matters. I can ride from one board that's just pretty much almost the same size, but because it has different swing weight, different thicknesses, uh, even rail shapes. I mean, all this is wind resistant, especially if there's wind and you really feel it. But, you know, it's all about the swing weight. Where do you want your weight to be? Do you want some nose up front like a long board so when you swing, you got a little bit of that help and then taper it into the back? Or, you know, it's, I mean, there's so many variables. So for me, you know, I mean, it's no secret that people know I ride small boards, especially for my size and paddle them. You know, I'm like my my uh, short board is pretty much a 310 by 25 liters. I call it the Mako. It's got, you know, full Mako shape and and uh, it's pretty small and thin. And what I do is I do an S decking, which is also like a reverse rocker. It's on the tail. So the whole bottom is flat. When you're that small, you don't want to be pushing any water. You want that thing to be a plane. So I do a, like a top what do you call it, top rocker, you know, so it's, so it goes down curves a little bit. So I get my thinness through the foil because I like to, you know, the whole thing is you want to feel the foil as much as possible. And that's why my boards are also very small. When I'm out there riding, I'm a purist. I like to feel the foil because there's so many variables, as you know, going on in foiling. And who wants to, to have to feel a board that, you know, maybe just maybe could be hindering, you know, what they're, what they're out there to do. So the way, if I can make something disappear, enough you know to where i like it and then i can focus on what i'm writing underneath because you have two things you're writing you have the above factor and you have the below factor and the above factor can really put a damp on you know your style and stuff i mean my, my theory is just get away with enough you can paddle with enough you can paddle with where you're comfortable i do a lot of shore breaks i do a lot of pumping i don't need these big boards to go out to some you know tavarua reef break and paddle three miles <laughs> plus i like to put the work in you know, so yeah, yeah, I love it. I uh, uh, hold on one second. Yeah, um, forgot to mute my phone there, man. I apologize. The uh, huh. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. <laughs> oh, it's just in my headphones then. Um, oh, okay. so I, I agree with everything you just said there. I have one of my board models is called the Vanish, and it was you know basically just supposed to disappear. Oh, you should you should know you should Love know it. the boards there. Um, how about this? Something that I always am trying to refine. I'm sure a lot of people, as you move, are, are thinking about the same things. As you move to smaller boards, your your pop up has to change, and your height to board size is going to be pretty extreme as far as what most people are riding. How do you uh, walk us through like proper technique for popping up? on such a small board. I know that that's something that I'm always trying to refine. Um, I think it'll help a lot of folks. Absolutely. Well, I guess for me, how it came so easy is because, you know, like I said, I used to skimboard and I'd sometimes try to paddle on that, you know, boogie boards, everything, you know, as we play. So I guess I was fortunate enough to be able to, uh, at a young age, you know, be able to, 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 you know, become one with that basically. So the technique I would say is just learn to, you know, as you're paddling, learn to, 
slides your back foot up a little further. And, you know, as they practice more and more at this, they will get it. I've seen, like, for instance, my friend Danny Boy, I foil with a lot. He'll uh, he'll ride my boards, and some days he's so hot, and he'll get up, and he can serve. You know, he's a good surfer and stuff, and, and he can do it. So it's just, you know, practicing the technique and the practicing. But a lot of people I find is they find their foot slipping off. Or or, uh, or a lot of times, too, I find people surprised that, oh, actually, I can kind of paddle this when they all don't understand how I can. So people people forget, too, is if you, if you got a small board and you have a bigger wing and you got volume underneath, you're getting help from the volume underneath. There's some really floaty wings out there, like, you know, some of the bigger gold foils. And it depends on what you're riding. Some sink like the slingshot and whatnot, and others float. So you're going to get some help as well. You're going to get some assistance from the, you know, the bottom of the wing. And people seem to forget that. You know, like, oh, you're dragging an anchor. I said, no, I'm flying a glider underneath me, and I got a small board. So, you know, you can balance that out well. Some people with bigger wings want smaller boards. It's, a, it's like, you know, it's almost like love at first sight. And then you have, uh, you have like the um, small wings. People want a little bit more volume or board. I understand that because, you know, you need a little bit more to get in. So, you know, that, that's a, a, another factor, too, right? uh, balancing it out. So the technique is just depends what kind of wing you're riding, you know, and what the conditions are. But the technique is making sure your back foot gets on there and your front foot. And sometimes you have to widen your, uh, your or I should say narrow your stance a little bit, but not really. I find that I stand almost the same on all my boards from 310 to, to 4.0. I mean, my 4.0 is my big board. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that the smaller boards are a hindrance in whitewater? Because I've gone from a 5.0 to a 4.2, and now I've settled. I like I like 4.7, 4.9s. That's kind of like my sweet spot. Um, and I find that... I'm more comfortable in whitewater. It, it, you know, it's like coming from shortboarding. I feel like I get just a little bit more bored in there if I want to uh, to kind of stall out and have the board help me in the foam. You not feel like you need that? Absolutely, absolutely. Good point. I mean, there's been quite a few wipeouts where I can't recover. You know, because of that, I, I would say. I mean, well, I, I have no idea actually because I haven't rode something so big in so long, like four nine or or four eight or four six but i yeah. noticed just from my four oh to my three ten there's a huge difference in feel from swing weight to pumping it's crazy mm -hmm. just two inches but again they're totally two different designs as i was saying and they feel completely different so uh yeah you know the the longer is i understand that like where people are going with a little bit longer boards to, to rebound and stuff and everyone has their own you know style and stuff but uh i've actually recovered some some pretty crazy uh rebounds where i thought oh I ain't going to do that. So when I try to reset after I crack it and I reset, I try to make sure that, you know, the, the board position is good. So if I do fall and drop that, uh, you know, I can engage uh, quicker by, right. by having, uh, you know, the position and the foil correct after you hit the white water or whatever. But it's, uh, yeah, a lot of foam does help, though. Foam will definitely help you rebound and give you that more sort of surfy, you know, like feel if you're banking off white water. Yeah. So, what about uh, foil position? Um, I don't know if you listen to the podcast with Kane or know kind of like the way most folks are balancing wings. How do you like your foil balanced on your board? What's your relative position from the tail? So me and, um, me and Kane have talked about this and, uh, it, it's kind of hard to work with really small boards, yep. you know, like it, we're, yeah. we're in our, our cases. So it gets great for subs and, you know, our bigger, like, you know, four, fours, four fives. I find it kind of work much more better. You can use that as a, as, a, as a way, but what I found is, and I had to correct 
you know, um, six people last week. I didn't have to. They just asked me. (laughs) And I just suggested. (laughs) And I said, man, you know, I try their board. Either one, I tried it. Or two, I just watched their style. And they would happen is they'd be riding and they'd dip down and constantly be like dropping their, their, you know, and and resetting. And I'm I'm like, you got to push your foil forward, you know, your base plate. More forwards, you have more of a balance. And so what I like to do a lot of times, if I got a new wing or a new setup, I'll bring out my own key and I'll be out in the water moving the base plate and then finding that sweet spot. Because what I'm finding is everybody is not playing with that enough and it's really hindering their balancing point. Because the real balancing, we can we can hold it like what Kane was saying and do that. But the real balancing point is how does it feel under your feet? Right. That's the most important. How does that feel? Is it live? Is it dead? Are you doing wheelies? Are you dropping all the time? So the balancing point is so key. I can't even explain. Like it'll make your foil from rubbish to you know a, a, like absolutely treasure. You know you're like I can't get I can't sell this. You know so it'll make your wing come alive if people just play with that. And I'm talking about minute half centimeter, centimeter. Sometimes mm-hmm. in the end, some people are all the way back in the box and they're wondering why they got no lick. You know so. Yeah, and, you know that that's been my trend when I learned that from Kane that was probably like you know, I don't know six eight months ago at this point now and I've been doing this for I don't know about a year in January so a year and a few months now and the trend has been from that point which was kind of like starting point of balance forward and now I'm I like everything really tail heavy I like I like a heavy front foot I feel like it surfs more like surfing to where you're, you're like the, the board is working for you in turns. Um, it sounds like you're on that same kind of path as well. Yes, absolutely. Are you doing any it's shimming just, in tails? Absolutely. I, um, how's this one? So the other day I was about to post it. I put a um, signature wing on the MFC 1070. And then of Which course one? I had to keep coming on the 1070 uh, MFC. And I used the signature cut down. Oh, what is it called? The flat one, the 13. The flat, yep. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the 13. And I cut it down to 13 myself personally. And I thought, well, maybe 14 would be okay. But actually, it worked really well. Once I shimmed it correctly, you know, because I wasn't getting enough lift. So it was real yay and weird. And then once I got enough lift, it was almost too much. But I felt it come alive and I could do my turns. And it was fast for the pump. And I said, I, did, I forgot all about that. I could be putting on go foil wings. And, uh, and So you, know, you were so doing that on the MFC? Yeah, absolutely. I was a... Uh, they mount on the other side. So you, how, how are you getting the, because the, the MFC mounts on the top and the signature mounts on the bottom, right? And so to get that angle right, you're shimming the tail I'm high, shimming, I would assume. Yeah, I'm shimming the angle of attack down so yep. it gives more lift. So I was using the the, the last one on the MFC, the, the red one. The okay. Five, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I used that and bam, there it came alive. And I was like, there it is. Okay. So now I kind of have an idea where we're at, like trying with wings, you know, depending on what wings. So everyone, you know, it's a lot of uh, trial and error, of course, but I, I, I got it though towards the end. Yeah. How did the MFC feel with the flat stab? I've always wanted to try. I haven't tried that yet. I cut my, I cut my 225 MFC down. I cut the tips off just to where there's just a little bit of up. You know, I cut probably about an inch off of those. It's a funny story where it fell out of the back of my car and I lost a little bit of it. And then I had to shape them both down. This was before the kind of tail chopping thing was like big. But anyways, it worked. It's awesome. Um, But how's it with the flat stab? Well, that sounded like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it was lucky. Something negative. And you're like, (laughs) well, maybe I'll get something good out of this after all. That's when I realized the MFCs are built super good, man. That thing fell out of my car at like 40 miles an hour. Foil was fine, except for that little piece of the tail. 
Wow, amazing. Yeah, I got lucky. Yeah, they, are, they are pretty good, huh? Most of the foils out there, pretty strong. Uh, what was the question about the flat tail? Yeah, how did it feel? How did the MSC uh, feel with the flat, the flat stab? So as again, I only took it out for like 20 minutes and it, it, it was pretty good, actually. I, like once I find the right shim, at first I hated it. And I said, okay, I know what this is. Maybe my plate's not up far enough. Sure right. enough, I had to slide my plate up. Then I took care of my shim. And it's once I started to feel that lift, just that right amount of lift, and it was just enough. And then I started to get real loose in the surf. And the pumping, I lost a little bit because I think I had it over shimmed a bit pointing down. But okay. you know, that can be uh, fine-tuned. So it works, though. It works good. In fact, um, probably 14 would be good. I want, I'm going to probably borrow an Apex wing and, and try that on the MFC and, and go and go from there. But I don't know how that's going to do because it's, it's a, like you said, it's a top design. Yeah, so that might not actually mount when I think about it. Yeah, that that was the one. I just got the race stab when I got my, I don't know, a little bit ago. Um, I like the the Apex a lot more on the high aspect stuff, but on the, uh, what is it, the Stealth. That Stealth is game-changing. I love that wing. That's my, like, probably my favorite right now. I love the MFC stuff too, but um, that Stealth is special. The 200. Yeah, yeah you know what? I tried, uh, Brian came over and uh, made a guest star appearance, Brian from uh, For the World. Yeah. yeah. He just called me out of nowhere. Hey, I'm here. I'm like, Jesus, thanks for the heads up. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, we uh, we ended up riding, and it was cool, man. We just uh, met up and we rode, and I tried his, he tried mine, and uh, yeah, the Stealth mm-hmm. 200 was pretty cool. A little, not a little bit slower than what I'm used to, but you know, sometimes it's probably good for me to slow things down. You know, this, uh, you know, I could probably get used to that. Like anything, I could, I could grow into it, you know, and, right? And enjoy it. But I noticed, and he told me this himself. He says, "Yeah, we cheat when we hit white water." You know, he goes, "We wonder why we uh, bank off white water and you know come out of it flawless, you know, like some veteran pilot out of a storm." I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, and I, I noticed that. So I was holding back, I was hesitant because I didn't know the wing. And then as I banked the white water more and more, I realized, well, yeah, this thing does handle, uh, you know, coming out of the uh, turbulence pretty well. You know, you can fly it right into a storm. You can, man. The, uh, the whole dihedral that that has to where it comes back under your foot, it's the first wing where it felt like you can just drive it like just like a shortboard, right? You can drive it and then it's going to be back under you. You don't have to necessarily wait as long as most other foils to, to recoil, to come back for you, um, which I like because I don't know, you can kind of attack a little bit more and quicker. You, you have to, you don't have to plan quite as deep. Well, one note on the shimming, which I thought was interesting and maybe you've experienced this too with the MFC stuff. And that is for me, I think that it pumps way better with the zero shim. Like absolutely, the, but absolutely. when I shim to the, I guess it's the the two point five. I'm not as good at pumping. I can't pump as good, but because there's that extra lift to it, I can cruise through the pumps a little bit more. I'm not losing as much. Um, uh, I'm not losing much as much altitude when I'm taking breaks and pumping. So it actually allows me. I'm not going as fast, but it actually allows me to kind of relax more in the pumping kind of a weird feeling i had i don't know if you felt that in in shimmy it also lets you kind of on the face of waves just chill a little bit more to where that mfc wing at least in our surf it, it always feels like it needs more more lift to me I mean, it's such a low profile wing it's so fast but in weaker surf that that shim really helps just kind of make you feel like two, you're cruising two things, two things you can do uh, you know, move the base plate forward. I realized that, especially with the 270, yeah. you have to slam that thing so forward. You're, it's like, wait a minute. And you're looking at the 
the tiny little mass and you're thinking, how far is my foot back? How does that work? You know, you're trying to think about it, but it likes a lot of lift, especially if you have the, uh, the older mass, you know, the older mass had all that flex. So you have to compensate that flex by moving it forward and slamming it. And, how do you um, know if you have the older or the newer mast? If you bought it probably a year ago or even three, four months ago, you probably have the the, uh, the older one. It's the same it's the same weight. I went up to the MFC. It's the same weight, and uh, we weighed it, and it's just a different uh, mold. So I can't believe it. Same, it looks exactly the same. It's just a different mold. Interesting. Imagine that. Mine doesn't yeah. feel like it has a lot of flex, so maybe I have the newer one. Yeah, and uh, it's I, you know what the I don't know. I'm still the jury's still not out. I don't know if, about the flex. I might want to go back to my old one because I love the way that, you know, the, the, the flex response, you know, most mm -hmm. wings, I don't like the flex, but for some reason with the MFC, it's magic. It really is. Yeah. It's like some kind of combo. Now on the bigger wings, when I tried the 1600, that was a little bit, you know, cause you're trying to, you know, you're trying to take this, you know, this huge manta rig below you and trying to control it while you're on this tiny little twig, you know, <laughs> the, you know, the, the fuselages are like, you know, they're, they're like pretty, but I love that because it's so thin that you have that minimalist and got that flex. So there's something to it, as I was saying, definitely. But uh, it's, but, but the bigger wings, it was, you know, I was telling Pio, the bigger wings, it felt, it felt a little, uh, I don't know how to say like too twitchy, but on the 1070, it really came alive on the 1070. 1250 was good too. Yeah. Like that for sure. And the 14 was pretty nice, but but when I, when I got the, I've only been on three times on the um, on the stiffer fuselage, and I'm not sure yet. I'm still trying to, you know, dial it. But but um, the 1050's been my uh, my go-to at the moment. That's sick. Uh, Armstrong, yeah. Um, right on. Well, I got uh, some questions from some people who hit me up online. Uh, let me pull these up for you real quick. Adam Bennett's is one of them. Uh, so yeah, question for Sky: How much wind is too much wind before he won't go foil? <laughs> he says you uh, you you uh like it's like one puff of wind, and he's like, oh, it's too windy. I gotta go in. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say I got uh, I got spoiled, you know, spoiled <laughs> by the foil, pretty much at a. Yeah, and you know that's a good point you know listen the, the conditions man when it's glassy everyone's all oh, you can just cut through the wind and it's true you can but there's something about not having any underneath headwind you know better yet tailwind we love that you know a little bit of backwash a little bit of tailwind you know sheet glass i mean these conditions are, are amazing and you know we do I, I do get a bit finicky and <laughs> about that stuff so if it's up and i'm like yeah maybe not so even even in maui right now i'm like uh you know how bad do I want it? If I don't want it that bad, then you know I'll probably wait for the next morning or wait for the conditions to uh, to get good. So, to answer his question, probably two knots. <laughs> two knots. <laughs> Three knots. <laughs> Five. It depends. Is it blowing offshore? Is it side shore? So yeah, as long as it looks clean and green and you know pretty mean, I'm out there. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, here's a question from uh, Pierce Mason 05 on Instagram. Um, yeah, Pierce. Yeah, I was just Pierce. With him this morning. Yeah. He said that you guys have been talking, and he gave you a suggestion to move the mass forward to help with turning. I think a lot of people are scared to move the mass forward. You've been talking about that a lot already, but I took his hint. It makes his foiling way better. Um, he wants us to bring it up and just talk about mass plays. We already kind of covered that turning better, being comfortable on your board. Um, I think we kind of covered that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again going back to when i was out the other day with a lot of people and you know some of these some of these guys are really good foilers and 
and I just got on their board. We swapped, and I realized, hey, you know, try try moving it slightly forward. As soon as it did, they came out the next day and were thanking me. And, and you know, I told Brian Lee same thing, and he, he enjoyed it. He's like, yeah, you're right, it's it's better. And then of course Pierce, he's on the 165, and uh, he moved it forward, and yeah, big difference. So I think a lot of people are, which is good, respecting the foil, but they're not uh, they're not putting it, you know in that fine balancing point, as I said, and I'm, I can't so, make this more clear enough to have that base plate and, and you know, to, to constantly adjust it, right. To, to, to find that sweet spot. doesn't mean it always has to be slammed forward because every wing's different. The 180, I got more back because it's just so much lift and, you know, it's for my, for my board and everything. So you just got to have your tool and you gotta, you gotta, you know, adjust it and, and then bring it out in the water if you can. Let me ask you this. I mean, since we're getting kind of detailed on this, yeah. How would you describe the right feeling and how would you describe when it's too far forward and too far back? What are those feelings? Okay. For instance, I was on Pierce's uh, today. We swapped. Okay. What's he, he riding? A, uh, he was on the 165 signature. Okay. And I was, before I went out, I saw him and he was kind of doing a wheelie when he was coming around through the wave, you know, like pumping back out and he would do a, a turn to back on the wave. And then he would like, you would have to lean really, you know, far forward. So he's doing a wheelie. So that tells me, obviously, you got it. You know, you have to put it back a little further. And he went a little too extreme. Um, but, you know, he, he adjusts with that because he has some, you know, some footwork to play with on that. But, again, you don't want to have to move your feet too much if you don't have to. You want to really just dial it in to where it feels alive. And how you know that is it pumps well. It turns, it feels really lively under your feet, depending, of course, what you're riding. <laughs> you know, some of these some of these wings will never feel lively. But that being said, you can get it to where, you know, the sweet spot is. And then your wing will get better and better. And you go, wow, am I getting better? Or, you know, so you, you got to do those two things together. They, you know, I can't stress it enough that, that, you know, base plate position is so important. You know, it'll make you hate the foil to love that foil especially for all these beginners out here all these beginners have uh, no clue about you know because they're just beginning which i understand so you know i've helped quite a few people i think it was six last week on that that uh that, you know i helped dial their uh, positioning and uh, bones is one of them it's a classic foiler out here as well and uh yeah he couldn't thank me enough as well you know so it's it's just it's just you know seeing it and dialing it is really what it is people have to become more how do you say sensitive to to what's under them you know and, and how it feels Right. Um, what uh, you got any good foiling stories? Did that, did that answer that question there? I yeah, no, that's so. a good. Yeah, that was a great answer. Any good foiling stories? So I started the um, me and my friend Sean started the Bali Foil Cartel back in Bali in 2018, and uh, the community was just you know, and you know, Bali's pretty crowded. We started out in Changu area, about to belong, and. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a wild ride, and, and I started, and then you know Sean just started a little bit before me, and then I got mine, and then you know a month later, some other people, oh, can I buy your old foil? Once I got mine, and everyone's just dying to get foils because you know we couldn't get them. So uh, yeah, the craze kind of blew up there. You know, it's one of the you know meccas of, of surfing, obviously in this day and age. So you know, water sports, and this is the same area where we all kite surf. So you know, it's an alternative area, and yeah, we got beginner surfers out there and whatnot. But yeah, we, you know, we started that there and uh, it's pretty much, you know, now we have the Sanur crew and, you know, we, you know, Adam's like last um, footages from there, you know, Sanur is a really good place to tow. And so, you know, we got a big water park there. It's amazing. So it's good. And some foil stories, Vietnam, that was a trip. <laughs> you foiled Vietnam? <laughs> yeah, I went down there. Oh yeah, here's a, here's a, here's one. So how I got into foiling is, um, 
Kiahi Dioboids came down for a um, clinic for kiting and I uh, hadn't started foiling yet. And he come down with his foil and he says, Sky, take me out. I want to uh, can you tow me. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'll tow you around. And so I'd slingshot him into these uh, wind swells. You know, he brought his foil down. And uh, and ever since then, since I towed him and stuff, I was hooked. And I said, you know what? When I get back to Bali, I don't know what I'm getting, how I'm getting, but I'm getting one. And that was it. So thanks, Kiai, for uh, helping me see the light faster. And uh, yeah, I got on it quick. I saw That's... that and I said, yeah. Yeah, I gotta do this. That's super funny, man. The first time I ever foiled was on Kiahi's board in Maui or in uh, on Oahu. Oh no way! Yeah, I got worked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was out there surfing. Hopped on a stand up. Didn't end well, but it was good. So I came back. Yeah, so I came back the next year with the foil, and then uh, and then realized, wow, you know, like for for small waves, you know, Vietnam is a is a pretty good place, you know. And it's like, uh, you know, you got glassy spots. You got, you know, it's been a big big scene there for a while like for kiting and stuff so it kind of just you know blends in with it well yeah. i like it i've uh foiled in uh you know everywhere from like geez india to you know all kinds of places um you know i do travel a lot i do like um southeast asia that's been my home and stuff besides maui yeah yeah um, how well uh, one, one in india somebody uh one of the fishermen was calling me the um the swordfish you know, I was getting nicknames and stuff because, you know, imagine going to these third world countries where they never seen this and you're walking on water. You got people chasing you down, wanting to ask questions. It's crazy. It was pretty, uh, pretty wild. Yeah, Sick. Fun. <laughs> How's the vibe um, in Maui versus, you know, in Bali towards foiling? And do you see crowds becoming an issue? How much time do we have on that? I mean, is it fundamentally yeah. different than surfing? So it's not going to ever be an issue. What do you think? Yeah, let's talk about the dark side of foiling. Yeah, let's do let's it. Go. Let's go. Let's go there. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know this. You know the main thing is as long as we keep it safe, as we know, and and, and not try to, you know, especially these guys are beginning. You know, I had to tell some friends when they're first starting. I said, look, bro, just go down there. I don't want you to blow this for all this because you know this is so new. If somebody gets hurt, something happens, bro, we're toast. We are done. You know, like that's what I was thinking anyway. I mean, people get hurt all the time. Uh, with longboards, you know, hitting each other. So it's oh, a yeah. numbers game. So most people are, are foiling, you know, are not too, uh, how do you say, uh, you know, they got some experience, you know, because that's why they wanted to get into it. So you know, I think we're, we're doing pretty good so far, so good, right? Have you heard any bad stories yet on, on the on the dark No, you know, like, I think that, you know, at the beginning, I was kind of anti-foiling. I thought it was going to, you know, ruin spots for stand-ups and all sorts of other stuff and it's funny to me to see the difference in vibe between stand-up surfing and foiling foiling is way more dangerous in a lineup than stand-up but people seem to be okay with foiling and not okay with stand-up i think it's the aesthetic difference of someone paddling around um prone versus someone paddling around on, on a stand -up. i don't know but um i also think that if you asked people two or three years ago how dangerous foiling was going to be and how often people were going to be hurt the injury would have been greatly over exaggerated i mean in our crew of guys that i foil with i mean knock on wood you know people aren't getting hurt that often you know i mean very few i mean i don't even know if any of us have had stitches i, I did was wearing a helmet one day and i took the foil square to the front of the helmet when i was learning but wow. i didn't get hurt yeah um you know, some cuts on my legs and stuff, but I, you know, I don't think it's as dangerous as I initially thought it was. 
now that I've been doing. I still think that there's possibility for catastrophic injury if yeah. you know if you mess up in the wrong spot and you and you get hit, but it's not happening at the rate that I thought it would happen. You know, when I've uh, I've given a few few lessons uh, mm-hmm. from friends and even complete strangers because you know dad was just begging me and I said, well, does your son have any uh, you know experience? And you know he's like a tow boarder and you know, all this stuff and snow really good snowboarder and skateboarder. I said, all right, it's on. I got a good you know mellow foil and you know it went well. And um, I even taught like my Korean friend, my Korean friend, uh, Korean Stan from Korea. You know that I met in Bali from kiting and and it's just funny to see like the wipeouts and then you know what, what what it really comes down to why we're seeing less injuries is people as soon as they get you know a wild bu- you know bronco bull just bucking them they just go they start respecting you know the, the foil real fast and i've seen some of the best wipeouts that i was like actually choking in the water crying laughing so hard that i don't know why it hit me so hard but you know seeing korean stand flying through the air it's just something about <laughs> it it, makes, <laughs> it just makes me laugh and we all love a good wipeout you know even with surfing we'd always laugh at a good wipeout but with foiling it adds a whole nother element that you just kind of can't help sometimes laugh as long as nobody got hurt yep. and you're taking your buddy to the emergency room you know but, yeah you know what i think yeah. in thinking this through right now i also think it has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of those injuries happened at such a fast rate early on because surfers were just grabbing foils and going out there and all of your instincts are wrong exactly. if you go out there you know it's like it gets steep you lean back i mean that's going the wrong way right away and i Absolutely. think that now anyone who's getting into foiling has a buddy who probably knows how to foiling and before they're going out they're saying all right these are the things that's going to get you hurt don't do them um and maybe it's you know although right now with i'm starting you know playing in the pocket a lot more playing off the white water a lot more i'm definitely having more close calls than i had for the months where I was just wanting to pump and turn. Yeah. You know, the closer you get to that white water, the more respect factor goes up. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm coming to the dark side. This is this is heavy right here is where I got to, you know, focus, be critical. You know, and that's where you really start to respect it. Because, you know, open face gliding, you know, you have a little less chance for injury, especially as you get better. But, man, right. when you start getting in the white water, as you know, in the pocket, drawing those lines, how you want to draw your line. You know, how do you want to attack it? Do you want to attack it vertical, 12 o'clock? Do you want to come at it sideways? Is everything going to go sideways? You know, you got to be ready for all that stuff. So, When you're uh, hitting the lip, when you're hitting the pocket, the, the, you know, the, the foam, the white water, is your goal to stay on foil through that? Are you trying to stall out? Do you try to get that side slip to create a little bit of cavitation to drop out, ventilation to drop out? or are some, you- Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes that happens just, you know, by mistake, because, you know, we're talking 70, like my mass is 72 centimeters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we misjudge length. But, you know, as you're getting better and better, we're like, okay, I think I know right about here. Okay, it's going to cavitate or maybe I can keep this under, you know, and as you're hitting it and going crazy at this moment in time, it's, you know, it's 50 50, like what, what it might do. So you got to be ready for it. And that's where that respect comes in, you know, being ready when you hit that zone, because that's, you know, it's a forbidden zone for a lot of people. And, uh, we're starting to tickle with it, you know. We're starting to tickle the, the lip, and and we're we're getting there. But yeah, it's a it's definitely a, a zone to respect for sure. And um, but I like that. I like pushing, you know, the zone and and, and getting into that, you know, that that challenge and, and uh, hopefully riding out in the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> Where does this whole thing go? If you look out ten years, what does a lineup look like with foilers? What are people doing? Well, I guess, I guess we're going to definitely separate the crowd a lot more. I, you know, we'll be have like, like some spots already here in Maui have been taken over by foilers and people, you know, already accepted that. 
Um, so, you know, spots that were never ridden, as we know, are now being ridden. Uh, rubbish turns to, uh, you know, magic. And so I do see this growing definitely more than what people thought, as we can see it's happening now. It's, uh, it's definitely the future of, uh, you know, of water sports as far as like it looks futuristic. You know, it's like Jesus walking on water. It's like, you know, so many descriptions it's been called. But what about the, uh, the actual performance? What are people doing in 10 years? Oh, oh, so the, the where it's going to go in 10 years for performance. For performance, yeah. Like, like if you look at like a bonsai grom or yeah, a cane. Like, yeah, like cane. Like cane's only, what, 18, 19? Yeah. So. What's he doing yeah. in 10 years? Yeah, exactly. And if he's already at this level, then. So I see it as like we're seeing more aerials for sure, as other people had mentioned. More aerial tacks. Um, you know, I'm gonna uh, we're going to start seeing some of these moves without straps that people are doing. Some people are just going to learn how to grab that rail and just go for broke and flip and, you know, start to start to really uh, progress. And, you know, as the foils get better, I mean, we're going to get this, you know, and, and that's another topic. We haven't even touched the edge, I think, of what's possible as far as efficiency, speed, and what things, you know, where it can really go. I would say maybe 50% there, but we got some fine tuning to do. We're definitely, um, I think we're still in the caveman stages, honestly, my, yeah. myself. But that's just my opinion. Because I don't know. I feel it. I go, you know what? This is, it's, this is not here yet. It's a magic it's fast, but I know like, I mean, when I say this, I mean like fine tuning, you know, like just the, 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 the little tweaks and stuff. So, you know, design, um, but yeah, a lot of errors, a lot of cutbacks. I mean, radical, yeah, you're going to see like what, what we're seeing now, more surf, surf in the, in the pocket. I mean, we just can't help but go there because that's where we came from. That's our roots. Our roots is surfing. Foiling is going to follow that. We're going to try to do what we're doing on a surfboard. And uh, that's just, you can't stop it, right? It's like a plague. It's just coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be amazing, you know? Like, the the air game that's going to happen. I mean, if you look at the air chair, you know, behind boat air chair, the amount of altitude people, that's going to be happening on waves. People are going to yeah. be doing, like, double backflips and, and, you know, riding out on a wave face, I think. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we can find a guy crazy enough. What we can do is, um, you know, just tow him with a jet ski and hit it like a launch ramp, right? Yeah, and, uh, like tow ass. <laughs> I think the community's done that. But, uh, yeah, that would be, you know, how, how high do you want to go? How big do you want to go, right? So we're going to see all of that. I mean, these guys are literally breaking their backs on the air chair. So who's not going to do that, like you said, foiling, you know? Right. Going up the back of waves and just going nuts and just seeing how far we can push it. So, yeah, I mean, we're continuously getting our mind blown constantly about, um, you know, what's what's possible in, in any endeavor in the world, you know, like, oh, I never thought I'd see that. So, yeah. So good, man. It's, it's going to be good, crazy times. <laughs> Heck yeah. So when's your next session? When are you going back out? Uh, I had to take a day off. I just had this last post I put, I was foiling for three weeks and yeah, I just like, God, Sky, take a break, would you? And so I just started to, you know, my performance went down and it's funny that video I posted, I was not even near what I should be in as far as, you know, my, my condition. So I was like beat up. Um, it's, it's just been so good here and we have no, no job. So we're, all we're doing is foiling like crazy. So, um, I my, my heart hurts for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Know, right? Five weeks of lockdown. I'm crying for oh, you. That, that hurts, bro. <laughs> it does, I'd dude. I'd be going ape shit. I'd be going ape shit if I was somewhere else right now. You know, it. I have. I. I kind of saw this thing coming, man. And I used to play a lot of music back in the day. And I just I bought this insane looper board and uh, a new guitar. And I've just been just 
doing reggae jams and that's been keeping me sane working out like it's 1998 and doing reggae jams nice yeah man yeah oh hey you know what just yeah go ahead i was gonna say uh before we hop off we're, we're running we're coming up on it right now talk about your art i have seen a few pretty pretty darn insane um i don't know if they're paintings or digital art what you're doing that you've done you know like uh talk about your art for a little bit okay so Basically, in high school, that's all I ever got A's in was art. So I kind of had that with me, and I just sort of put it on the back burner and used my art through, you know, expressing, like, traveling. And, and so I never really got back on the on the paint and the pen. So I picked up an iPad, and I thought to myself, you know what? Let's do art. We don't have to bring materials with you. Let's do art where it makes it simple. Because I'm really a minimalist. You can see that in my surfing, like, you know, my, I'm sorry, my surfboards. You know, everything I ride, I like, you know, I like, I don't like to carry extra baggage, just to say, you know, so to speak. So, um, and that comes into the art realm as well. So I'm so grateful to have like, you know, the digital age here and, and you know, doing that. And I had no, I still don't, I, I've had this thing for like a month. I still don't even know how to run this uh, program that I'm using. Uh, but other people say it looks like pretty good. So I'm running with that. I'm sure I'll get better and better as it is. I've done a, you know, whale painting and I got a couple others I haven't shared yet. I'm slowly releasing it on Skyrama Art on Instagram. So if people like art and want to follow, that's fine. I just did a piece for with Kane in there, I mean, his face, and it was a foil guide to the galaxy. Hey, give us that <laughs> Instagram for, one more time. Uh, Sky Rama Art. All right. No no period yeah. like your normal one. Yeah, no no period. Just Sky Rama Art all the way through. And uh, yeah, that's that's the Instagram. For just gave one. it a follow. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, I do call a lot of um, – call a lot of stuff you know like that i see and i just see differently you know than most of the the majority of the world but i think most of us uh, servers are you know are kind of alternative thinking and you know we're into like a healthy lifestyle for the most part and you know i think it's a good thing to uh take into yeah man well i hope that this whole uh, situation gets cleared up quickly and everyone's back in the ocean soon and life returns i i don't know how faith how much faith i have in that happening but man i hope that happens soon i hope so for the sanity of the people and everybody and just everything absolutely yeah absolutely you know you know one of the things i've been thinking about though is it's like i remember living in costa rica and you know after i'd been there about five or six years i get out of the water upset you know because it wasn't great the waves were good but it wasn't great it was crowded it's just such a funny thing to be able to be annoyed at surfing i you know i'm just so grateful you know and we had gone through some stuff with with the family where my wife had gotten sick and she's great now but uh um, right you know like getting pulled out of costa rica and then finding foiling and just being able to just love the water again here in florida where it was hard to surf for me um and now with this whole thing there's going to be a happy day on the out on the backside of this. And hopefully just everyone's, you know, more grateful and appreciates if you're a surfer and you're listening to this, things are probably, you're probably pretty stoked on life. So I hope that everyone uh, can carry that through and, and stay positive through this whole time. Cause I, I, you know, depending on how long it goes, it might be tough. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my biggest suggestion would be is just not watch the media too much and just yeah. let things, you know, take its course and you know maybe put it on once in a while but um yeah it's maybe too many people have nothing to do but sit home that's just the worst and you just sit home and watch the news all day that that's not good yeah 
<laughs> but if you're in a spot where you can't you can't go surf or you're locked down and then saying you can't leave your house, that's you know it's tough. Bro, that's that's heavy, man. That's like I mean, you know, to be on lockdown, that's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, as long as they're not welding your front door, I mean, you're right. in good shape. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> not welding our doors yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what do you want to leave folks with, Sky? And thank you for your time, man. This has been great. Yeah. Um, just thanks for having me on and I hope people get something out of this and you know I got a lot to share and it's not for everybody maybe but you know if you got something out of it that's great and um, I'll see you guys out in the water soon enough on Instagram you're sky.rama sky.rama yes correct right on Um, well Sky thanks so much for sharing an afternoon with me man I appreciate it hopefully one day we can share some waves together I don't see why that's not possible if you ever make it out to Maui or if I make it out there, if you ever come to Indonesia when I'm down there. That sounds sounds good. Epic, man. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, brother. Big aloha.